The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2019 Sea Change Conference, held October 2nd to 4th in Jasper, Alberta. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this conference possible, including Platinum Sponsor, GFL Environmental, and the sponsor of this session, the Canadian Electrical Stewardship Association. In this segment, Peter Hargreave from Policy Integrity Consulting takes listeners through the changes in Ontario's Extended Producer Responsibility Program, compares the Ontario and BC models of VPR, and suggests how Alberta might benefit from these policies. Uh, thanks, Jody. I thought you were just going to do the it's Peter and just let me come on, but uh, thank you for the nice introduction and Thanks for having me today, and I, I would say I feel pretty pumped. I do not have any references to cattle in my presentation today, so I, I feel like I'm already one up uh, on the, uh, the other Peter, so uh, uh, that's a relief. Um, so really exciting time to be involved in the waste industry. There's huge amounts of challenges coming right now, but there's also huge opportunities. The public polling around waste management issues. Uh, I mean, the public want is demanding change. And so there is really a lot of opportunity uh, in the sector right now to implement real and meaningful change, uh, to change some of the systems that we've got in place. Uh, so my uh, goal here today is really to tell you uh, how dumb Ontario has been, uh, uh, some of the approaches that we've taken, and to tell you how you can be much, much smarter than, uh, than we have been been uh, in Ontario. So I'm going to talk to you about, uh, you know, it's been uh, 30 plus years uh, of, uh, of Ontario's journey when it comes to producer responsibility. Um, we've gone from partial responsibility, sort of a voluntary perspective, and we're now moving to a full producer responsibility model. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, about sort of that journey and what that potentially means and what, what Alberta can potentially take from that. So context, I just want to say, is, is obviously really important uh, to understanding, adapting, and implementing policy. So I'm not going to pretend like I understand every nuance of, of Alberta's situation here. Um, but I do think there is certainly some very, very good lessons uh, that you can take from, from Ontario and specifically uh, uh, some of the challenges we've had as we've, uh, we've implemented curbside uh, uh, blue box recycling. So the origins, um, uh, Diane Sachs talked a little bit about this, uh, but as I said again, it's, it's been over 30 years of attempting to get it right. Uh, hopefully we are on the right path now. Uh, but it started in the 80s with, again, voluntary uh, funding arrangements. Uh, I think you're seeing kind of that approach starting to be, take place in, in the U.S. right now. So uh, beverage industry providing money for curbside collection programs. Uh, and at the same time, while that was happening, we were uh, disposing of all our refillable uh, laws in Ontario. Uh, so this push towards the curb and a move away from refillables. Uh, probably not the most advisable thing to do, uh, but uh, the beginning of many mistakes made. Um, in the 80s, these voluntary programs uh, continued, um, uh, and the province actually started to also help to pay for, for municipal infrastructure. The province also doubled down, and they made all, or they mandated uh, municipalities with populations over 5,000 uh, to have curbside programs in place. Um, uh, the 
stability of, of those programs really uh, started to come into question in, in, in the sort of mid to late 80s. Um, and then uh, the province moved in and uh, 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 legislated a shared responsibility model in, 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 the, uh, in the 2000s uh, to make producers responsible for half of municipal costs for the Blue Box program. And then after that point, really, we entered into a series of how do we fix this, how do we fix this, how do we fix this. Uh, so you had a number of different uh, attempts at uh, trying to fix uh, Ontario's legislation. Uh, one attempt ended at, cabinet, at the cabinet table. One attempt ended uh, uh, because of an election. Uh, and finally, the third uh, attempt to fix it uh, uh, went through. Uh, so this, this slide here provides just an important kind of context. People use product stewardship. They talk about extended producer responsibility. They use all of these terms often interchangeably. And it's important to understand really what we're talking about because people will often talk about different programs and say this isn't working and treat it like every single policy is the same. So in Canada right now, we have a number of programs that are a shared responsibility model. So uh, uh, basically it comes down to the, the producers of goods are playing some portion of the financial cost of running curbside programs to collect uh, printed paper and packaging. Ontario, that's 50% right now. Saskatchewan, 75%. Manitoba, 80%. Uh, Quebec, 100%. And then there are programs like that is in place in BC and like where Ontario is going, where producers are 100% uh, um, responsible for the operation of the program and the costs of the program. And there is a bit of a difference between Ontario and BC and the routes that they've taken. And I'll talk a little bit about that in the, future, in, in, in the uh, uh, slides coming up. So the shared responsibility model uh, just to give you an understanding of how the shared responsibility in model in, in Ontario worked. Uh, essentially, the province designated materials. It said, we want to make sure uh, uh, these materials are being collected. The producers then had to get together. They had to form an agency, a group for them. Uh, that group put a plan together as to how they were going to ensure that those products were being properly recycled. So they developed the actual plan. In the case of Blue Box, after that point, the plan really became uh, a check cutting exercise, uh, more or less. They would bill their producers uh, uh, and they would pay out uh, to, uh, uh, to the municipalities uh, to um, uh, subsidize the costs of, of those recycling programs. So the system, you know, I would say, you know, there has been some successes in the approach that, uh, that Ontario has taken. You know, it was really the first launching pad for curbside recycling in North America. Uh, there was certainly uh, some advantages. We've, we've got very good curbside accessibility uh, in the province. Uh, we have fairly good access to uh, multi-residential buildings as well. Uh, the diversion rate, uh, we have seen a fairly good uh, increase uh, of the amount of materials that are being diverted uh, from landfill. Uh, that has improved steadily over the first number of years and really over the last probably 10 years now, it's really stagnated. 
We're about 60%, a little over 60% diversion, and that's sort of been the case. We really haven't been able to improve on that. The problem is, underneath this, there's a whole bunch of problems that have been created in this shared responsibility model. The first is, municipalities really don't have any ability to impact the materials they receive. So they can't get their system ready uh, to accept different types of materials. And there's always something new that comes out, those you know, single-use, large uh, uh, water containers. There's always the you know, coffee pods. There's always something new that's being developed. And they simply did not have the ability nor the finances to be able to adapt their system on an ongoing basis. So costs for the program escalated. Municipalities also have very little ability to impact end markets. They've got no ability to leverage uh, plastics being purchased within the market or glass. They don't have a scale to be able to do those types of things. So it makes them very difficult to manage uh, uh, markets and, and costs. So in Ontario, you've seen a really steep ex escalation of costs of the Blue Box program. Now the producers look at that and they say, oh my goodness, you guys are the most ineffective, uh, useless people ever. Uh, and they look at it and it's a huge cost. I mean, they're seeing these rising costs and they're trying to find ways to cut those costs down. So they're, they're angry because they see that they've got no abilities to be able to actually change the system themselves because the municipalities are making all of the operational decisions. So you've got this tension that's growing within the entire system. No side has necessarily ownership uh, so that they can't actually uh, impact or uh, move the yardsticks uh, in, in an effective manner. So, so you've got all of this sort of buildup of issues and you know, really everybody understood that the program as it was was not working. Municipalities, it was not working for municipalities, it was not working for producers, and in many cases not working for service providers themselves. So we've had a long period of time to have good conversations uh, about the issue of shared responsibility and why it wasn't working, why this system was not helpful. Uh, and there was growing alignment, I think, between all of the parties around what the problems were and how to go about fixing those. So we did have, uh, in 2016, uh, the Waste Free Ontario Act was passed. It was all about promoting economic or market freedom, allowing the parties to make decisions. It was about, the, the former act was seen more about process. This was seen more about trying to set outcomes and allowing producers to have the mechanisms to be able to go out and make the decisions they needed to. It was about improving environmental outcomes. And as much as it's nice that municipalities could get some cost relief. It really wasn't about that. It was really about trying to put the control in the hands of somebody that could actually systematically start to change the system. And I think that gets into the, the question you had earlier, which is if you put the cost on the producer and they're putting a really bad package out there, they have to eat that cost and they have a reason then to change uh, what their system is. So Ontario's system now is set up in such a way the province sets a regulation, they set the outcomes uh, through that re regulation, they, they, they set the materials that need to be collected, they set the structure for uh, what the producers are required, the outcomes they need to meet. They've set up 
in many cases what, what is very similar to in Alberta a delegated administrative organization um, that is set up to oversee the structure, make sure people are abiding by the laws in place, and that, that fits right through the whole value chain, whether that be producers to make sure there's not free riders, or whether it be service providers to make sure they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing and recycling the materials appropriately. Um, the producers have ability to be able to organize themselves, to convene themselves in the way that they see is, is going to achieve the outcomes that the government sets. Uh, and so that they can innovate, they can choose different ways to be able to approach uh, the marketplace. Uh, I'll just go through, quickly through the regulation, what the regulation does. So the regulation, again, sets out what's designated materials. So it'll set out, is it a product, the primary packaging, convenience packaging, whatever that might be, is set out in the re regulation. It sets out who is the responsible party. And in the case of printed paper and packaging, you often have sort of a hierarchy. It's the, the brand owner, it's the first importer, and it sort of falls from there. It also establishes who is required to register and what they need to register, what information they need to uh, provide as part of that registration. So the province could register, it could designate a certain material, and it could say, we just want to know, we just want data. We want to actually know how much product is actually being put into the marketplace so that they can establish a regulation afterwards. So it allows some flexibility on that side. It sets up what the, the collection re requirements are. So what is the accessibility? In Ontario for Blue Box, that'll likely be curbside collection. Uh, so they'll need to make sure that they've got curbside collection in place for the program, a sort of common collection system. It'll set up potentially what standard materials need to be collected across the province. Uh, and it'll set targets around how much potential material needs to be collected. It may also establish a management target. So of those materials that you collected, prove to us that you've recycled, how much you've recycled of those materials. Um, it might set out promotion education requirements, uh, reporting and auditing requirements. Um, and it's also got the ability to be able to provide uh, reduction requirements. Um, and there's some different ways potentially the province could do that. It could provide additional uh, diversion uh, uh, points, uh, if I can put it that way, uh, if they are, if they can prove they're uh, uh, encouraging more reuse or, or uh, uh, reduction within, uh, within their system. So how does this approach uh, uh, differ from British Columbia? Oh, thanks. Um, so uh, it, it is a different it is a different approach. Really, the main differences are um, in British Columbia. There's a need for a stewardship plan to be written uh, that the government needs to approve. In Ontario, the approach is the government sets the outcomes, the targets that you need to meet. We don't need a stewardship plan. We don't need to approve. Uh, the organization that you've set up, we don't care about that. We care about that you're actually meeting the targets that the government's setting. The other thing that's very different in Ontario is we have set up this delegated 
I'll call it a delegated administrative organization that is set up from an oversight perspective. It's a fee-per-service uh, type of organization, so it doesn't deal with the types of whims that ministries deal with, which is not having the appropriate amount of resources to be able to go out and enforce. Uh, so that is a much different approach. That organization in Ontario has quite significant tools uh, about which it can actually go and enforce the law. It can use an, uh, administrative monetary penalties. Uh, they've got uh, uh, abilities to go in and uh, seize information. It's a quite wide-ranging um, uh, tools that they've got for enforcement. Uh, so the province took an approach of, of uh, mediation approach uh, to get us to this goal of moving this, this uh, transition of the blue box over. There was an agreement between the parties to move it in a stepped way, so not moving all municipalities at the same time. It's a large amount of costs. It's structurally difficult to move all programs at the same time. And there was an agreement on a number of some of the key areas of concern around the policy that the, that the mediator worked through. It was a really helpful process because what it did is it got the players together in a room to actually have a good conversation around what the concerns were uh, from each of the sides. I'm just going to speak quickly to, to the lessons I think we've learned. Uh, from an organization perspective, over the years, there has been tremendous work done to bring the various sectors together unto themselves. So there's an understanding from a municipal's perspective as to what they wanted to see, from a service provider perspective as to what they wanted to see, and from a producer perspective. And those organizations then were also talking to each other. There's a fair bit of misunderstanding that sort of grew, I think, as a result of the shared producer uh, or a stewardship model. And so a lot of good lessons learned um, from those direct and open uh, dialogues. Uh, from my perspective, oversight, understanding data, uh, uh, enforcement is absolutely pivotal. Um, uh, there's a need for data to be audited to understand what the definitions that we're talking about, the types of metrics that we're talking about, uh, and so uh, an absolute need for this type of thing. Um, my perspective, personally, uh, is the organization in Ontario is built in such a way to to deal with stewardship programs, but it allows for an economy of scale around dealing with the waste sector and waste issues on a much more broad perspective. So like Alberta, we have issues with uh, the movement of, of hazardous materials and properly tracking that. Like Alberta or certain areas of Alberta, we have issues with excess soil and how that material is being managed. Uh, getting information just on how much waste is actually being landfilled in any given year and what kind of capacities we have available. An organization, a central organization like this, has the ability to be able to capture that type of data. And that is very powerful and important moving forward. Targets need to be set high. They need to be progressive. If they are not, you're not going to see any movement uh, from, uh, from the sector. Uh, you're not going to get economies of scales to actually drive change to deal with things like multi-laminates and other areas. We also need to define what we're actually talking about. What actually is recycling? Uh, and I know there was some presentations earlier about uh, tire recycling. Uh, you know, to me, I want to be moving towards 
uh, tires actually being reused into new tires uh, rather than tire-derived aggregate. Uh, you want to move those materials up. And what you can do then is you can say, I understand that there's always going to be some kind of a market for tire-derived aggregate. We're going to hold it to this percent. But what we see as recycling is actually taking these materials and, and building uh, uh, real products out of them. Um, and there is also looking at targets. It's dealing with a basket of goods approach versus very specific targets. So having targets specific to the materials or products directly is an important thing to include into that. Competition, again, really important to allow uh, free interaction within the actual marketplace. That's what spurns innovation, and it's one of the areas that I think has been problematic in a lot of the stewardship types of approaches across the country. It hasn't allowed for that type of, type of innovation. My last point, looking at the clock, which says 20 seconds, is also really important. EPR is a very important tool moving forward, but it's not a panacea. It's not the only tool that we're going to need to solve the types of problems that we've got uh, uh, that are facing the waste management industry. There are a lot of other things that we need to look at to address markets, to remove barriers uh, moving forward. And so I certainly don't want to leave the message that this is going to solve every problem because it's not. It's an important tool, but it's not going to solve everything. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Sea Change Conference session. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta Circular Podcast on iTunes and Google Play for more from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full slides and audio presentations. For the latest recycling and reduction news, follow us at 3RsAB on Twitter and Instagram or Recycling Council of Alberta on Facebook and LinkedIn.